0: Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. Each week we highlight a local ministry that is impacting the community in Jesus' name. Our hope is to connect you to a ministry in which you can grow and serve in Christ's kingdom. And now your host for the Ministry of the Week, Craig Roberts.
1: Joining me today in studio a very special guest. He is the host of a new broadcast called New Hope Christian Fellowship, heard Sundays at 10:30 a.m. right here on KFAX, pastor of New Hope Christian Fellowship in the city of Hayward and joining us today is Pastor Timothy Russell. Pastor, good to see you.
2: Oh, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: We were just having some conversation off the air before the broadcast today. In addition to your responsibilities, you've got a ministry program here on KFAX. You also have a couples ministry with your wife, Vanessa, here on KFAX. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. But in addition to your ministerial responsibilities, uh, you're in the tent-making business, and that's okay. Uh, (laughs) Paul was in the tent-making business as well. And so toward that degree, you work for an organization that essentially coaches young entrepreneurs In how to get it right. It's amazing because you look at such a vast percentage of new startup businesses these days that tend to fail and fail utterly for primarily two things either undercapitalization or quite frankly, just a lack of skill know-how. They have the desire, they might have the customer service skills, but the back-end administrative skills are lacking, or they know how to administer the back-end, but they have no sense on how to deal with the customer and deal with the public or, or maybe deal with employees and HR-related issues. And and so we see a lot of companies end up struggling and failing because they essentially don't have their house in order. That's right. And I find it fascinating in so much as what you do then essentially Monday through Friday is not altogether different from what you do in the pulpit on Sundays and on radio in the sense of providing – mentorship. Maybe a better word is even discipleship.
2: That's right. Yeah, you you hit it right on the nose. I need to hire you so you can come uh, work with me. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. So many individuals, they have a passion, but they don't know how to turn that passion to profit. And and it requires more than just making the cookie. Oh, I make a great cookie and everybody likes it. It's, I got to know how to make the cookie. I know how to have a marketing plan for the cookie. I need to have the right employees to help me sell the cookie and and bake the cookie. And it, it's a whole lot that goes into business. And I am very fortunate to work, work for an awesome organization, uh, Renaissance Entrepreneurship Center, that, that takes the time every single day and has been doing it for 32, going on 33 years, um, to help individuals start and then in many cases help individuals grow their business because you'll be amazed how many are out there doing business and because they're gifted, but they could be doing business a lot better if they had the right tools and the right people
1: around them to do the business well. So make it, bake it, sell it, grow it. Yeah. And then the backdoor administration that sometimes, even if you get all the front end working great, then you find out some company that had such a great reputation suddenly is going out of business because the IRS has rolled in and said, well, there's $14 million in unpaid employee benefits, Social Security benefits, yeah. And taxes that yeah. somehow the company just never got around to paying.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and not even knowing they had to pay it because, like we were talking earlier, um, sometimes we have a loyalty that will hurt our business. Yeah, I, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, Aunt Jenny cannot do your books. Uh, you know, Uncle Joe cannot do your books. And though they may have been there from the beginning when you didn't have nothing, and they invested that dollar for you. Um, to be successful, you have to have skilled people around you that can tell you, we need to do it this way. We need to report this. We need to make sure this is right. And that's building a business that's sustainable. And uh, that's one of the main things we want business owners to know. Build a sustainable business and a legal business. So we have consultants that come in and teach on business law, financial consultants, marketing consultants, because we want it to be a sustainable business.
1: Having your business house in order that's good does that also then translate into having one's spiritual house in order from a ministry standpoint and i ask that question pastor russell because i'm struck by the commonality of not only sometimes the struggles that young emerging businesses have but even young emerging churches may have mm-hmm. in the sense that well the old adage my people perish for lack of knowledge that's right?
2: that's right you know you Again, you're hitting on some great points. Um, A lot of times when we're in church, we say this is the business of God, and this is God's business. Well, like I said to you earlier, if it's God's business, we should be doing it a lot better than we do any other business. And with that, we need all the knowledge we can get in order to make him proud, make him happy, make him know that he can trust us with what he's giving us to do. And it's not just about getting in the pulpit and say, open up your Bible and let me teach you this. It's about making sure from A to Z, we're handling the business of God correctly. And I don't want to be one to just lift my hand and say, hallelujah, God is good. But then when
1: it comes to the business side of the church, I'm not handling it the right way. And, of course, that can apply in a broad variety of areas when it comes to ministry, not just simply how we, for example, keep the books. Yeah. But but even the way we live out church life Mm -hmm. before the world, where the world can be so quick to not only criticize, but oftentimes see the flaws that we ourselves don't see. I mean, it's interesting. You talk to any non believer, and they can probably give you a laundry list 20 pages long of all the things that we're supposed to be against. Yeah. And yet, oftentimes, we ourselves don't even understand, as believers, what it is that we are standing for.
2: Right. Right, oh, you know that's a good point. Uh, I, I I tell my church all the time. I say, hey, um, we we do a great job of teaching people how to be hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the church should be a place where flaws are on display because it's the song the song that uh, I love by Hillsong. They said, "My sin was great, but His love was greater." And if we really believe that, then we can come in the church and say, Hey, let me be transparent here. Let me be naked here because in this place it's a safe place for me to have the healing that I need. And I believe then the nonbeliever will look into the church and say, you know what? I, I really respect the fact that they're not acting like they have tea every single morning with Jesus because I don't. Um but, my sin is ever before me and that's what gets me on my knees every day and say, Lord, you're using me. And it's by your grace, by your mercy, by your love that, you know, I am who I am. It's not by my own doing. And and so there's a health to that. There's a spiritual health to that. And then I think talking about the things we need to talk about in small groups and then bringing in knowledgeable people to talk about them helps us be a healthy church and a church that's Respected by the non believer, you know,
1: because they can't come in if they don't respect us. Visiting today with Pastor Timothy Russell, Senior Pastor at New Hope Christian Fellowship in the city of Hayward. More information, by the way, available on the web at hope4hayward.com. That's hope4hayward.com. The broadcast, New Hope Christian, heard Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. and equally yoked, Saturdays at 12 noon, right here on KFAX. Pastor, I was struck by this notion that, yeah, we sometimes do put forward the idea that the church is about a place occupied with flawless, perfect people. But at the end of the day, if we were all flawless, perfect people, that would also suggest that we would be capable of keeping the law, Mm -hmm. and we know certainly that isn't true. And so sometimes perhaps there's a disconnect in adequately communicating to the outside world, to the nonbelievers. That it was while we were yet in our sins that Christ died for us. And the church is not a place to be occupied by perfect people, but by people that are imperfect in the process of being perfected. That's right. And we're all at different stages along the way. And and maybe if folks saw the body of believers, the modern day church today is more of a hospital that they can run into broken and failing and wounded and hurting and having all the flaws that are inherent to man's fallen sin condition and to be able to, through a time in God's Word and prayer and discipleship, slowly shed all of those flaws. Sadly, though, we don't preach much of that anymore, that notion of sin salvation in the process of sanctification come
2: on now I mean I grew up where it was there was the three works of grace it was it was justification regeneration and sanctification there's this process that where he um, turns us around to flow in a different direction and um, we don't teach it enough we teach it at New Hope all the time I'm part of a pastoral team that um, we do not mind testifying about the goodness of the lord in our lives i think there are three things i deal with every single day there is the struggles that are on each side of me that are pulling on me things that i was the product of my environment you know they're pulling on me every single day that i have to overcome then there's the past tapping me on my shoulder and in front of me is my distraction and 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 if I and when I use this illustration, I had someone in front of me, my wife, because she's beautiful and she's a distraction. <laughs> and then on the side of me, I asked two men to come and just pull on each one of my arms. And then I had one of the other pastors tap me on the shoulder the whole time. And I said, "This is what your life looks like." But we press towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And I wanted them to understand: Don't think you're weird. Don't think that you're not normal because everyone's life looks like this and some of us know how to press a little bit better because we've matured in christ and we know how to get past the distraction and we know how to shake off the struggle and we know how to ignore what's tapping us on the shoulder because we know god's goodness and mercy is following us we know that his rod and staff is there to comfort us but for the babies. A lot of times they're knocked out the box because when they go through those things, they go, well, what's wrong with me? And I I don't get it. And why am I still struggling if I'm saved? And they need to know that this is going to be what your life looks like for the rest of your life. But now you have the strength of the Lord in every weak area of your life to give you the power to overcome anything. So So
1: it, it is in that sense then a battle. Yeah. And we see these illustrations throughout Scripture and I am struck by the notion that if you've ever visited a museum that dates back to the times of the Knights, you see that the armor that they put on was not simply a breastplate that covered the front. That the right. armor, in fact, that they put on covered the whole body, mm-hmm. both right and left, and front and head and back. Because we are essentially surrounded by the enemy yes, in, in, in so many respects. And so to understand that putting on daily the whole armor of God that provides us that 360-degree protection from all sides is an important thing to keep in mind. And that this is not a – we know how the war comes out. We know at the end of the day who wins the war. When and how. Scripture gives us that insight. Right. But it's in the process of winning the war that you have to fight the battles.
2: Right. You know, you just gave me a sermon. You gave me something to preach (laughs) on, I tell you. Because... Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, because when you gave me the illustration of the armor, I never thought about that. And I think where individuals struggle is they're not taught how to function within the armor. And it's frustrating because armor, is it makes you uncomfortable. And the Word of God makes us uncomfortable. Our flesh is not comfortable in the Word of God. It never will be. It's an enemy to God, and God's an enemy to our flesh. So if we can get this armor on and then be taught how to function in it, um, there's some restrictions with the armor there's benefits, and but then there's also things you can't do in the armor that you could do if you don't have the armor on so the enemy frustrates us to the point we start taking it off. Mm-hmm. Come on now, come on, so we can function a little bit easier and we're more comfortable, and now we're susceptible to what the enemy wants to do in our lives and how he wants to frustrate them. And I told the church all the time, there are two enemies that we deal with. There's the enemy that we always talk about, the E-N-E-M-Y, the enemy. But then there's another enemy. There's the I-N-A-M-E, the Mm enemy. There's something in me that's connecting with the enemy on the outside that I have to battle with every single day. And that's where I depend on the Lord to give me strength.
1: Greg Roberts in studio with Pastor Timothy Russell, and joining us right now is Pastor Timothy's number one distraction. <laughs> His lovely wife, Vanessa, and of course you're familiar with Vanessa's work as a host of Abolition Radio, Love Never Fails, heard Saturdays at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. And uh, yeah. thanks for dropping in. Yeah,
3: well, thanks for having me. He's back there what taking notes. He's pretty accurate yeah. on
1: most things? Oh,
3: yeah, he's on point. Okay,
1: good, good. <laughs> yeah. Just the way you taught him, right? Yeah, that's right. Well-trained. <laughs> let's, let's talk, Vanessa, for a moment about... The new radio broadcast equally yoked. And yes. We were talking a bit earlier about this terrible sense of imbalance that yes. often comes to relationships and, and a lack of mentoring. Or as you mentioned, Timothy, just before the break, we can see our parents go through a difficult marriage relationship. We sometimes think that it's all about the people and forget the role that the enemy plays, right. who is vigilant yeah. mm-hmm. in doing everything he can to try and destroy relationships, because he knows if he can destroy relationships, he can put a black eye on the church. If he can put a black eye on the mm. church, oh, yeah. he can gain territory to help defeat the church. I mean, that's at right. the end of the day, that's that's his modus operandi. And so toward that end, give us a sense of what you're hoping to accomplish in the radio broadcast, in, in bringing to the listeners both of your experiences, not yeah. only from your own marriage relationship, but the challenges that perhaps you bring to the relationship and, and to your experience from having viewed the way your parents struggled maybe through marriage. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so um, I, you know, when I think about the message that we're sharing at New Hope for this year, which is protect your destiny, uh, and you talked about territory. In my mind, marriage is an assignment that the Lord has given, and that sounds kind of dry. It's a fun exi- assignment. It's a, it's an enjoyable assignment, um, but it does come with some work and some effort, and some um, there there needs to be some clarity on what the assignment is about, and and. And and so what I have learned through my failures, really, in marriage, I I was divorced prior to marrying my husband. And and even in that situation, I realized um, that um, it's much more than an attraction, much more than what I can do for you and you can do for me. It has to do about what who we are in Christ together as one union and what we are purposed to do together. And that really is the destiny that we're protecting. As we commit to our marriage, commit to our children, and then even um, are so bold, I'm I'm really humbled that the Lord has placed in our heart to do equally yoked radio, because that then is giving us a platform to not only um, minister to each other in that way and our kids in that way, and hopefully, like I heard in the last segment, replicate amongst our children. I want to see our David and, and Natasha and Eric have healthy marriages and children and households. Um, and, and when we do that, uh, we are um, giving an opportunity to others to have those mentors, to have those role models, and we're going to fall short. And so, you know, we, we're not the end all be all. There's other people we're going to invite in that are going to provide insight. And we're just praying and hoping that someone who's listening will be blessed and and um, and will come to know the assignment of the Lord over their life.
1: So to make those marriages, you have to model them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And there's going to be mistakes and errors along the way. But again, it's about that that perfection process. We That's talked right. earlier about sanctification process mm-hmm. that takes place over time. And it does take effort. It takes work. It, it always amazes me how people think that you can have wonderful relationships with putting no time, no effort, no energy into it whatsoever. And, and that is not only blatantly untrue at the horizontal plane. Mm-hmm. It's blatantly untrue with the vertical plane. Mm-hmm. How can yeah. you hope to walk in fellowship with God when you don't read his word, don't pray, don't go to church, don't don't spend time in communion with him? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. And
1: is it any wonder that Jesus said, oh, yeah, you did miracles in my name. Guess what? I don't know who you are.
2: Oh, man, that's good. I yeah. don't know you. Right. I don't want to hear that from mm-hmm. him. Just like I don't want to hear my kids say, Dad, I don't know you. Or, mm-hmm. or my wife say, who are you? Mm-hmm. I don't even know you. That's what's gonna that's what the Lord's gonna say to many. I don't wanna be performing the role of a husband or performing the role of a father because then they don't know me. I wanna have a relationship with them, which requires time. I have to study my kids just like I have to study the word. I have to love on them just like I have to love on Christ, and then they know me, and then in doing what I'm supposed to do in Christ, he'll know me as well. Is that one of the biggest chastisements that can be
1: out there? I don't know you.
2: I think so. Yeah. I think so.
3: Yeah, I think I think you have to um, make time for the knowing, for the intimacy, and you get stuck thinking this marriage, this relationship, is my gift for me, instead of realizing that it's a gift. That you have to appreciate, you know, just the way when you're, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when we get into worship, when we start uh, worshiping and singing for the, to the Lord, tears come to my eyes and I just cannot believe that I have been blessed to be counted, yeah. you know, by Christ as a, as a daughter. Right. And, and I have to have that same feeling about my marriage, about my kids. i I cannot believe that I'm so blessed to be married To this, this awesome man that's here and to be, you know, able to appreciate him, love on him like the gift that he is to me and not take him for granted. And that's hard to do because sometimes we want to be selfish. Hey, this is a gift. I'm keeping it for myself. I'm going to use it up and I'm going to toss it away. But that's not the way you treat a gift that's precious. Well, we
1: make demands on one another, and, and even sometimes to the point of distorting Scripture. I mean, what we'll, we've all heard repeated a thousand times, and and uh, women in the audience, uh, you can raise your hand uh, if you feel to do so uh, and acknowledge them of this when there's been an insistent, Well, you know, you have to obey me. I mean, Scripture says. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, Come on now, you messed then, it Hold on, you mess it up so much. Hold on, hold on. <laughs>
3: Eh, we don't know that we'll scripture. Talk later.
1: <laughs> no, we'll talk later. But then to recognize that right immediately thereafter, not 10 pages later, not, not 10 chapters or 10 books later, right immediately thereafter, we're told, and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Right. right. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. And the guys kind of dodged a bullet on that one and didn't say I have to obey her. Oh, well, but wait a minute, though. How did Christ love the church? Mm. He died, died for the church. Whoa. Became obedient to death. He sacrificed his life right. on a cross. He suffered, bled out, was humiliated, spat upon, yeah. and buried in a borrowed grave for the church. Right, right. So now, husbands, when you want to talk about Obedience. <laughs> that's
3: so hard. Why just you like say okay? But up. now,
1: don't forget—that's true. What comes right behind that scripture? Right. right. And you and you
2: know what? On that, you, when you were talking, he's been giving me all kinds of sermons all day. But <laughs> when you were talking because he became obedient unto death for the church. He had a name. God gave him a name that's above all names. That at the mention of his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and say that he is Lord. If I'm obedient in that same vein, then my kids will sing my name and say "There's no dad like my dad." My wife will say, "There's no husband look look what God's doing. He's given me a name that's above all names to my family because I'm honoring Christ by doing by like you said early mimicking him the way he did the church with my family.
1: And that mentoring, that modeling leads to legacy building. Yeah, And can't we all agree, wouldn't it be so much easier? I mean, people learn in different ways. You can hand somebody an instruction manual and say, here, 500 pages, go, read, memorize, and do this. Mm -hmm. But I like to think most of us learn the easiest by seeing somebody else do it. Can. Never mind that five hundred pages. I haven't got time for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, every woman in the audience listening knows exactly what this like. Christmas morning is husband's trying to put. Husband's trying to put together uh, the bicycle for the kid. On yeah. Yeah. Who needs the instructions? And you know, <laughs> later on, there's ten <laughs> bolts and eleven washers all left over. I have no idea where they belong. But the bike works. The, the bike <laughs> works. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> but if you can see it built, mm-hmm. yeah, and say, "Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense." It. Burn something into your mind, and in this example, into your heart. Yes. That I think makes the capacity then to repeat so much easier. I mean, how many great cooks out there learned out of a book? No. They watched mom at the stove. That's right. Yeah. And watched what mom did and said, okay, I'm going to model that. Mm -hmm. And as a result, became an excellent cook. If we could just apply the same methodology to our relationships, and now live our lives in such a fashion that our kids are not embarrassed someday to look to mom or dad as an example in modeling for parenting or for a marriage relationship let alone to see dad in the bedroom on his knees yeah. mm-hmm. with the door closed You just opened the door by accident there's dad praying mm. And that gets burned indelibly in your
3: mind. Yes.
1: And then you can say later on in life, I know what to do because I've seen it modeled. I mean, let's face it. We know how to live as Christians because we saw Jesus Mm -hmm. modeling it. Yeah. And then the apostles came and said, and as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's right.
3: right.
1: Appreciate both of you being with us today in studio, Pastor Timothy and Vanessa Russell. Information again about the church on the web at Hope for Hayward. That's the number for Hayward.com. Hope for Hayward Church meeting at twenty two one ten Montgomery Street off mission in the city of Hayward. Sunday services ten a.m. and seven p.m. Spanish service Sunday afternoons at two thirty p.m. and then Wednesday night Bible study at seven p.m. And again, details available on the web at hopeforhayward.com. The broadcasts equally oaked Saturdays at twelve noon. New Hope Christian Fellowship, Sundays at 10.30 a.m., and Love Never Fails Abolition Radio, Saturdays at 3 p.m., right here on KFAX. That's such a laundry list, I feel like I've forgotten something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You got it all.
1: Our thanks again to Pastor Timothy and Vanessa Russell from New Hope Christian Fellowship for being with us today.
0: Thank you for listening to the KFAX Ministry of the Week. More information about this week's highlighted ministry is available at kfax.com.